It's part of American politics. We love our polls. From local races to the national stage of the 2024 presidential election, Matt Towery and Robert Cahaley are churning the data so you can stay informed. This is Polling Plus. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Towery. Welcome to another edition of Polling Plus. I'm with the bowtie one himself, Robert Cahaley, the man of the hour, because, of course, this Saturday, South Carolina votes in the Republic, Republican primary. Donald Trump has been there. And, of course, Nikki Haley has been there. I wouldn't say that it's been the I wouldn't say it's been the biggest news story ever. I've seen hotter contests in South Carolina. Everyone seems to think it's a foregone conclusion, Robert. But you and I both did some polling there this week, and we have a little bit of a different view of how this thing might turn out. Why don't you tell everybody about your poll, and then I'll fill them in on mine. Well, my poll showed a, a 29-point gap between the two of them. And what, what we're finding is that uh, even in that, when we, had, we still had a few undecided. And so, you know, we, we've, we've been tracking this thing for quite some time. But uh, in that, we had a 63 uh Point three for Trump and thirty three point six for Nikki, and um, you know three point one undecided. And we should also keep in mind that Christie, um, DeSantis, and Vivek are still going to be on the ballot, even though they dropped out. And in our polls, they took up about two of those on three percent undecided. Right. Right. Yeah. And in, in our poll, which came out this last week as well, the Insider Vantage poll, we had Trump at 60. Actually, it was, it was really at 59 point whatever, rounded up to 60. We always round up or down. And we had Nikki Haley at 37. And uh, there was 1% for DeSantis. We put him in the other category. And then there was just a smidgen of undecided. I think, Robert, what you and I did in our methodology, and we could be wrong or right, um, but we tend to know the South a little better than any other area. Um, we think there's going to be some crossover of uh, Democrats and independents. And our poll in the actual top lines, it looked like mostly everyone who's crossing over or, or voting who weren't Republicans were independent. But my data people hasten to add that a lot of those were Democrats simply saying that they're independent because they didn't want to tip their hand or didn't want to get, you know, well, for whatever reason, who knows what, what people tell pollsters and why. That, I don't go that deep, but I, I th- do think uh, some of the expectations for Donald Trump have been set too high by the national media and the pollsters. Now, they might might be right, but you, you're on the ground there. Tell everybody what's going on in South Carolina as far as this effort to recruit Democrats to vote in the Republican primary by Haley and some of the other things you're seeing, because you literally have been on the ground at, at those events. Well, I tell you, you know, Matt, you, you, you hit something exactly right, because one of the things we found is when we, we, we use Votify and self-identify, and you're right, the Democrats were all self-identifying as independent because yep. they didn't want to reveal they were really Democrats. Um, what we're seeing is uh, it comes an interesting split. I do not see any effort on behalf of the Democrat Party to turn people out. In fact, I see the Democrat Party reacting to the fact that people are being turned out. They sent out a memo uh, last week informing their people 
anybody who votes in the Republican primary will be ineligible to participate in Democrat reorganization, which is when they have their precinct meetings and district conventions and state conventions to elect their leadership. The Democrats do it in even years. Republicans do it in odd. Right. So that was an interesting fact that they they were worried their people might be caught up in some movement and forget that they can't can no longer be a Democrat delegate if they vote the Republican primary. It, well, but now what I but isn't that just a relatively small number of Democrats? Because you're talking four or five thousand people who who actively. No, that's right. But the fact that they sent it out tells me that they recognize. Mm-hmm. This there's an effort out there, and the effort is coming from a group called SFA. Now, that same group by the same name and the same address, except spelled out with Stand for America, is Nikki Haley C4. Mm-hmm. And Nikki Haley C4 has now sent out mailers instructing Democrats they can vote the Republican primary and has a television ad that instructs people they can vote the Republican primary. Right. So the effort is not coming from the Democrat Party. It is coming from the Haley affiliate C4. Right. And I don't think I did see an NBC story yesterday, I want to say, that touched on this effort to, to bring Democrats in. But for the most part, the national media, for whatever reason, and the pollsters have ignored all of this. And so we've got these numbers. He's you know, Trump at 68, damn near 70. I don't see That's that. Exactly right. I don't see that happening. Um, I think the Trump people even think that that um, the expectations are probably a little more uh, reasonable if you're in the upper fifties or sixties. Which, by the way, that we've talked about this before. Now, if Haley ends up if it ends up being a fifty three forty seven race, well, that's something worth talking about. I don't think that's right. going to happen. But if she gets beat in her home state, where she was twice governor of your home state. Um, and let's say Trump wins it by anything above, say, 55. It's just it's just another notch in his belt. And and then I'm told, uh, read yesterday in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, that her next strategy might be to try to do the best she can on Super Tuesday, but she doesn't have the resources, and that's too quick a time period. So try to do the best she can, and then try to upset him in Georgia. Now, I can tell you a little bit about Georgia. I think that... <laughs> I think that she could do better in Georgia, um, but if they if they think they're going to impute Brian Kemp's numbers against David Perdue, for example, and substitute that as Nikki Haley, they're going to need to turn out the same two hundred thousand Democrats that that uh, Kemp did in that primary. Well, here's the thing: they might be able to do that, but because I tell you, Georgia's a, it's an unusual state. Now, let's face it. I mean, it's it's you know I've, I've lived in Florida now for a good number of years, but I've always had. Insider Advantage is based out of um, uh, Georgia. I used to serve in the Georgia General Assembly. My family has deep roots, and I did television in Atlanta for many, many years. Uh, that's where, uh, in fact, Sean Hannity and I got to know each other back in 1991 or 92 uh, in Atlanta. So that tells you how far back we all go in this. Georgia is a funky state now and it because th- there is a significant uh, the Democrat population, a significant black population growing, a significant other um, folks from all over the world. It's it's not what it was when it turned red, and so and and it is like South Carolina, basically an open primary state. But but they, there there has to be a hell of an effort to pull that vote over into that Republican primary. My guess is she probably could do a sixty forty, 
in Georgia with, with Trump winning 60-40. I don't think she could do much better than that. These other states on Super Tuesday are overwhelming. I mean, some of these states are going to just go massively for Trump. So I think the shooting's all over after, after South Carolina. What do you think? Well, I think it depends on what Nikki's purpose is. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems to me at this point, her purpose is not to win the nomination. Right. Her purpose is not run for president anymore because that's not going to happen. Right. Her purpose is to solidify herself uh, when, you know, as kind of a Republican mainstream media likes, and she's done a very good job of that. Right. I mean, she is certainly on the, you know, the Lynn, Liz Cheney, Brian Kemp uh, approved uh, mainstream media list. Right. But I think that at this point, she is enjoying the money of donors who just want to derail Trump. Right. And they think this is the best way to do it is continue to spend money. And, and that's why so many of her big donors now are people who actually support Biden. Yeah. And so I think that that's, this is all about trying to derail Trump, uh, not trying to win. Right. But also it serves her purpose to be there if lightning were to strike somehow and for something would change. But, you know, when I look at the way that the, the American First Movement, I know that she will not be palatable to them. Right. For some reason, Trump left this race. I think they'd find somebody else to nominate. Oh, I really she do not think she Republican I, Convention will ever nominate Nick. That, that would never happen. Uh, that would never, ever, ever happen. Uh, that I think we can take to the bank. So really, they're not they're not really doing much of anything. Um, I mean, even if she holds some delegates, they're not going to be enough to broker a convention. I mean, all, if all the Trump groups got together, uh, you'd see either Ron DeSantis or someone who's more America first, which, by the way, I, I have to ask a quick question. Ron DeSantis, who I live, live in Florida, big fan of Governor DeSantis. He is a fantastic governor. But I keep being confused over some of the things he's doing. Now, he got out of the race and he did endorse Trump, which I think was smart. And I think we advise that on this show. But what in the hell was he doing going to South Carolina the very night that Trump was going to be up there and 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 having some uh, press avail about term limits? Can you explain that to me? Because I just I can't. A lot of people, nobody in Florida can figure it out, to be honest with you. Well, you know, I believe that he probably because. From what I understand, that was a Trump audience that showed up right. to DeSantis. Right. I believe he billed it as a surrogate speech for Trump. Okay. And that's where the audience came from because that same day, uh, or maybe it was, no, sorry, it was yesterday, Vivek uh, came and did an event in a, a town uh, called in Aiken, South Carolina, yeah. which yeah. is shares the media market with Augusta, Georgia. Sure. Well, okay, so they, the, the, the note to Governor DeSantis and his staff, they need to explain that to the voters in Florida because the, the, the political chatter in Florida has been a buzz about him going up there and having this event, but no one has said anything about being supportive of Trump. Now, if, if people ask me, I said, well, he was allowed, I think, to use the Senate chambers. You're not going to get the Senate chambers with the lieutenant governor backing Trump without it being pro-Trump. So it all adds up and makes sense. But a lot of folks here in Florida say, oh, no, he's, he's doing his own thing. And this, you know, I do think DeSantis needs to be a little more obvious in his support for Trump and, and let these bygones be bygones. Um, 
There's been some talk about him being a VP nominee. You and I both talked about that. that's inconceivable because they're both from the state of Florida and the Constitution prohibits it. But it sounds and nice. neither ones are going to move. Yeah, e- e- exactly. So let me ask you another question, Robert. We had some other polls come out this week following the same thing that you and I have been talking about all along. Uh, Arizona, New Mexico, um, both of which could be critical swing states, both of which in these polls showed Trump leading. Not substantially, I mean, but by two points, three points, whatever. Now, I'm of the opinion that be careful what you're reading right now, because <laughs> what these people give it, they can take it the way. But exactly you right. think this stuff is being floated out to, to really try to nudge Biden out once and for all. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, yeah. You and I agree. A lot of this stuff, I mean, you, you can make when it when it's this far out and you have this little this little the, the voters you're talking to just are not hard in their opinions. Right. And, and the voters who are willing to participate in the poll this far out mm-hmm. are the more energized ones. That's right. So I think all these polls do is reflect the fact that they energize people about the 2020 yep. for election or for Trump. Yep. But I think the re, you know just the mainstream media's reasoning is the the more impossible the race looks, the more likely they are to push Biden out of the way. I mean, w- when they've decided when the convention's over and if it's still Biden, you will see this stuff autocorrect and you'll see the biggest convention bounce after Biden's amazing speech that you've ever seen. Right, or you'll see somebody else nominated, and then they're going to say, well. They don't have any of the of the baggage that Biden have. If it's if it's if it's Harris, they're going to say, "Oh, she's getting a huge bounce. She has really shown that she's able to handle this job. She's grown into it. That'll be the spin." If it's not Harris, if it's if it's Mister Slick himself, Gavin Newsom, they'll say he's just the answer to all things. Well, I thought you were talking about Bill Clinton when you said Mister Slick. <laughs> no, I don't call Bill Mister Slick. I, 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 I know because you know he was Slick William. Oh, I know, I know, I know. That's okay. Hello, Bill. Nice to talk to you. Um, I think that uh, uh, this is all a bunch of uh, inside baseball polling that creates momentum. And, you know, Robert, again, I want to say this. What are they going to do in November of this coming year if you and I aren't on that list of of these aggregate polls? I, I actually did some ciphering, as Jethro Bodine on the Beverly Hillbillies used to say. I did some some mathematical equations. And do you know what? In, in 2020, if we had not been around, Trafalgar and Insider Advantage, voters would have been left to believe that North Carolina and Florida, among others, were slam dunks for the Democrats. That's just two pollsters, two little pollsters. But because we had a different way of weighting the polls, and basically we know the South pretty darn well, uh, we ended up saving the embarrassment of people thinking that the race was completely over, which I think is what those polls were trying to imply. And even in places like Michigan, um, th- they had numbers that, that had Biden winning by eight and nine points. Even Wisconsin, I mean, they had Biden up by an average, I think, of seven. Right, right. So, until, until we until we put out a, a, you know, a Biden at a 0.5 advantage, and he ended up being right at 0.5. So it doesn't mean that we're going to have Trump or whomever ahead in our poll, because I think we've told everybody we, we were bitten in 2022 with this red wave business. So we, we're, we're reassessing the turnout machine the Republicans have because if they can't turn the damn votes out, 
then they're not going to be there. But, and the turnout uh, machine the Democrats have yeah. with all means legal and otherwise is very, very effective. Right. So, you know, that's going to go into to our waiting. But but if we've got it at, at X, which is reasonable, you're going to have a host of these, quote, acceptable pollsters out there um, who didn't get 2020 right. And you and I did. Uh, who are going to be showing the Democrat leading big time. I hope you guys all enjoy that. I really do, because I've got a really good idea that I'm going to be sitting in a rocking chair in St. Pete, uh, just <laughs> looking out at the sun and playing a little golf. Uh, and good well, luck. And, you know, by good the same luck. token, yeah. our members should be just, I mean, you know, we have paid subscribers that are part of our company. They right. would just be just as happy if we didn't put our results public, yeah. if we just kept them for them. Yeah. Um, so they've enjoyed that, and you know, we have a lot of people who have encouraged that. So, you know, it, it, it is it is quite a decision to make because you know we've got. I, th- I think Matt's just had enough of the nonsense. I personally and, just and, don't need the headache. I'd rather go play golf in the afternoon and not even have to answer anybody about my polls. I know they're right. If they're not right, and that's the other thing about polling. People don't realize, and I say this, I've said this for many, many decades. It's like throwing an arrow to a bullseye, to, to a dartboard across a football field. And can you get at the bullseye? Well, if you're not exactly the bullseye, let's say you're three away. You know, that's pretty damn good going across a football field. But to the media, and so I speak up for all pollsters on this, if you're off by three or four points, it's, oh, my God, how did that happen? Well, three or four points is really like a half point this way, half point that way, and all of a sudden – You've got a, a big difference. And uh, I will remind the world that all of these big, fancy national media uh, conglomerates uh, had the Republicans winning in 2022 in their generic ballot up to the bitter end. But they all just conveniently forgot about that. They wouldn't go out and poll the individual states like you and I did. They just disappeared. Anyway, that's you know how I feel about that. To hell with all of them. Next, next issue. Impeachment. <laughs> Impeachment. Impeachment is an idiotic idea. Robert, uh, this week, the big Russian uh, uh, source, well, he wasn't a Russian source. Well, he is Russian. But the source who came through and said, oh, there were payments made to, to various Biden family members. I think it was five million each. And um, here's all the information behind it. So, that, of course, there was an FBI, whatever that number is they do where they interview someone and then the committee got a hold of it in the house. And Oh my gosh, we know there's something rotten in Denmark along with all the other real, real material they have gathered. Well, that blew up on them when the justice department decided to indict this guy for lying. Now I ask you, Robert, whether it's true or not that the Bidens were up to no good. And I have my opinions about that. You have your opinions about that. Would you in a million years keep pursuing this stupid impeachment thing? I probably, that's a prejudicial question. Let me put it this way. It's a leading question. What would you do with regard to these impeachment inquiries with so little time left? You know, my philosophy on this has always been impeachment inquiry, yes. Impeachment vote, no. We are so close to an election with all the efforts that are being done to try to keep Trump off the ballot and to get in, interfere with the election in courts. I think that it would be smarter for them to find whatever they can find 
do their investigations, which is, I think are really set back by this um, this source that they have said at the time was just so key to everything. Yep. But quietly, find what they can find. No more freaking press conferences until you're finished. Get all the information you can and then issue a report to the public saying, we don't want any more attempts to interfere with the selection with any kind of you know, judicial process or we, we don't want to mess with that, but we want to share this information with the American public. Right. You know, we saw what just a little bit of information in an official report did on Biden's age just a couple weeks ago. So I think they could do more damage with an official report from Congress that said XXXXX and we've chosen not to impeach because of the proximity of the election. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, this would be about the dumbest thing they could ever do. It's almost like the impeachment of Mayorkas. I mean, you know, what good is that going to do? He's they're, they're, if, Even if they hold a trial and they present the evidence, the evidence is not going to be presented to the public through the filter of the media. And then they're going to exonerate the guy. And they say, oh, he's doing a good job. And by the way, I noticed that Barton, Barton, Biden is now talking about taking some executive order action down there on that border. I thought he didn't have that power a few weeks ago. <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, impeachment for my office is just like lighting a little fire under his butt. But I generally don't believe impeachment is the right answer if you don't have the vote from the Senate. Uh, it's like indicting somebody when you know they're not going to be convicted by the jury. Right. doesn't work. Right, exactly. And in general, I, you know, my philosophy on this Biden impeachment has always been you've got – I don't think they should have ever proceeded with impeachment this close to an election. They can make the point that, you know, this is exactly what the other side is doing. Uh, this close to an election is time for the voters to decide. So I, I, I like the idea of an impeachment inquiry. So that they need to, you know, turn off the cameras, do their work, right? get everything they can get. Right. And then when it's over, when they've got all they've got, then turn on the cameras, have this big bombshell press conference where they think you're about to say you're going to vote to impeach right. and turn the tables on the media right. and say impeachment that's close to an election is inappropriate. We choose to share in the report these facts with the American public. Right. We just saw what the other report uh, and the special counsel did uh, with the, talking about the age stuff. It would have more weight to put it in writing like that and just present it. Well, we trust the American public to take this information and do it. And the, we choose not to impeach because I closed the garden election. The way you lure them in is you pull a Nikki Haley like this week with her state of the <laughs> state. She, she said, oh, I've got a big announcement to make. And everybody thought she was going to get out. Instead, she said, I'm not getting out. I just, I'm just glad you all showed up. Well, that, that would be a good way. I look. And they really did show up because they thought she was getting out. I mean, it really was the biggest crowd of media she's ever had was they thought what she was getting out. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. And let's, speaking of Nikki, uh, let's bounce back to one other issue. Trump had a, I thought, a very, very good town hall with Laura Ingram. Probably one of the better ones he's, he's ever, he's, he was, I mean, that answer, that one answer about the best revenge or whatever is to do well. That was just, that was, that was so out of the mainstream of Trump answers that I'm shocked. <laughs> and maybe and, and I have a theory about that. And I, this, this, he would not find this flattering, but I think it's true. You know, they're really threatening to take his assets. 
And at some point when they threaten to take your buildings and the like, and they look at all the cash that you have on your balance sheet, they basically want to take all of his cash, which is in New York, which is just absurd. I mean, I don't know why I went to law school. I said this over and over again, because there are no, are no real laws anymore. But when you're faced with that and you've got a plane and you've got buildings and you've got campaigns to run, it seems like, to, and you've always had all the money in the world you needed because the banks would give you all the money you needed and your projects, you know, some of them don't work up, some, some do, but you're, you're a big time international billionaire. When that starts to look like even unjustly it's going away a little bit, I think it probably makes one in the inner mind a little more humble and a little more careful about what you say. And I have noticed him being far more prudent in the last month or so. And, and here's my point. I think if the Democrats took his damn plane and he ended up having to fly in a, in a twin engine, <laughs> probably would do nothing but make him a better candidate. So everything they're doing to him, just everything they're doing to him, he gets more votes. People have more sympathy. This Bonnie Willis thing was idiotic in George. We all know that. It was just a disaster. So it, to me, um, Donald Trump is the circumstances look like everything's against him. But it just keeps lifting his boat. And with that concept, and you comment if you want, vice presidential sweepstakes, you've been our expert on that. Tell me where that stands. What are people telling we, we should poll? Who do you think's in the front? Who do you think's in the rear? And what do you think Trump's going to do about it? Okay, look, let me tell you one other thing about the uh, that we didn't cover earlier. Sure. Nikki Haley set the bar of success or failure on Meet the Press at the beginning of this election in South Carolina. And she said she would have to do better than New Hampshire mm -hmm. for it to be a success. Right. So now we can watch an election night and see whether she gets there. And if she doesn't get there, does she change the bar of success to meet what she did get? Right. I think that's going to be an interesting fact. Right. Now, on the vice presidential thing. We had, you know, we've had it. We've been open for nominations for two weeks to put on our little poll. Right. And these are in no particular. Well, the first one's in an order, but I'm not going to give you the rest of the order. Okay. Number one was Vivek Ramaswamy. Right. I'm not shocked by that. No, I wasn't either. Um, also, we had Tucker Carlson, Marsha Blackburn, the one I had said, Tim Scott. Elise Stefanik, mm -hmm. and Christy Nome. Yeah. That is our top, I think it's six. Right. And those are the ones we're going to have on our little ballots. We're going, we're going to put those out, give people a chance to vote online for who the majority of our listeners and followers think Trump should pick for VP. I'm sure they're going to deliver this to Trump in a golden envelope, and he's going to pick whatever y'all say. Yeah, right. So it's a very important vote, and you have to get it in. Yeah, they, they traditionally have always followed my advice at 100%, so I'm sure that followed, followed it. So I'm sure it's going to be just like a snap. Uh, we'll just we'll – Is that absolutely – you know, yeah. we, we give all kinds of advice on this podcast, and from what I can tell – Washington is tuned in and they do everything based on what we say. So we have to be careful. Well, I will say this. For the most part, we've been pretty on spot. And for example, we warned people about New Hampshire. We didn't heed our own warning. At least I didn't in my poll as much as I should have. We're heeding people about South Carolina. We, we nailed Iowa. We knew exactly what was going on there. 
I think we're dead on on the impeachment issue. I, that is a dead loser for these people in Congress. They need to get off of it. It's and, and also quit wasting so much airtime on this stuff, guys. People don't give a rat's ass. They, they you either think Joe Biden's a crook or you're or he's not. But we're down to the point where you're not going to change any minds. No, and and so the best thing is just give evidence to put out there. Let it let it recirculate. But having a weekly press conference every time you get the slightest little detail is silly. Well, I mean, it's like if it is what you say it is, and the all these reports say what they say they do, and you get what you need out of James Biden, and you get what you need out of Hunter, and you might get something decent out of them as they're under oath, right? Um, they just can't recollect. Just shut up and issue a report. They just can't recollect. You know that. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna look at this VP list. We'll get back to everyone with it. You're gonna be let's let's lay this on the line, Robert. This is your state. You know it better than anybody in this country. I'll give you a number. I think it's going to be. You give me a number. You think it's going to be what South Carolina be? And people do not hold us to our damn predictions. Hold us to our polls, but just for fun. What do you think? Well, I think. I'm now anticipating a greater turnout of Democrats than my initial poll did. I think that will tighten the race. Um, I'm thinking we're probably going to have north of uh, 16, 17% Democrat participation. And with that, I think we're going to see Trump over over Haley, uh, probably 20% very much close to yours, maybe 21% uh, percent difference between the two. Yeah, I think there's a good chance, and this is what you're saying too, that Trump could end up at a 59 instead of in the 60s. And that would put her in the upper 30s and maybe a smattering of other you know, votes for these other candidates who sometimes you don't pick up that much in a poll and then people get out there and vote and they back them all along. So the numbers show up and might equal a point and a half or something like that. Now, I would say if Trump does any... If it's if it's any better than, you know, 55, 45, she'll call she'll say that's a major victory. I don't consider that a major victory in your home state. I just don't. And particularly, you know, even if she has that. But it's not even where she set the bar. I mean, so no, actually, 55, 45 would be yeah. above where she set the bar. And that would be that. But that's the only way she called it. Right. Right. And, and even then. She's got scant time to turn this thing around with so many states on the line on Super Tuesday. So then you're going to do a rim shot off of Georgia. I'm going to come on. Look, everybody knows right now Georgia's a flipping mess. <laughs> Everything's a mess down there. It's just you know, the judicial system's a mess. The, it's just the voting system's a mess. The politics is a mess. Now, the governor's doing a good job. I will say Brian Kemp has, has, has done a good job, particularly in the light of, of, his, of his tiffs with, with, with Trump. But, the, but in general, Georgia's have gotten sort of flaky electorally. So, yeah, you want to go do a rim shot off Georgia, good luck. It ain't going to fall in Florida. So here's, Robert, here's my prediction uh, in South Carolina. I'm going to predict Trump at 59 and Nikki right at the edge of 40 with about 1% going to the others. Now, that, that, that probably is too low for Trump. But you're basically saying the same thing because if it's a 21 point spread, it's going to be right about that area. And anything beyond that, uh, if it's if it's you know um, like 55, 45, well then that may mean something. But beyond that, as we've talked about it, these these other states are coming like a train, a freight train, and and she's going to get trounced, and she's not going to even have that many delegates, right? Right. 
All right. Well, we've come to the end of this little foray, but we're going to be back uh, next Tuesday. Remember, the vote is on Saturday. Yeah, you guys are strange out there in South Carolina. What the, you in Louisiana, right? Doesn't Louisiana well, vote on Saturday? Saturday has Saturday just been our tradition as Republicans, all the way going back to 1980. And the Democrats most recently moved to Saturday. They used to be on Tuesdays. Well, so it's the only election we have on Saturday. And Louisiana has almost all their elections on Saturday. Well, I think, you know, I think it would be good to do. But for the moment, it's sort of like your barbecue. It's unique. So, <laughs> and it's good. Yeah, our barbecue is like unique it. and superior. Well, I'm not going to admit to that, but I do like low country barbecue. On that note, we'll see everyone uh, next week and we'll look and see how Robert and I did in our polling and how Trump and Haley ended up. And we'll decide what we're going to do with the rest of these primaries, if they matter or if we move on. Until then, I'm Matt Towery for the Bowtied One himself, Robert K. Haley. Have a great week. <laughs>